Every week, the Orange Fizz team breaks down the five most pressing questions about Syracuse athletics. Holy cow, what a big-time defensive play! No holds barred. I paid the fool. It's the Fizz Five. Five! Time for our instant reactions post-game space. Syracuse and Pitt just wrap things up in a game that ended up a lot more dramatic than I think we all thought through the first, I don't know, 30, 35 minutes. Pitt 84, Syracuse 82 is your final. Another tough loss for the Orange, and this time at the hands of a conference opponent. SU now goes down for the first time this year at the hands of an ACC opponent. Now 1-1 one and one in conference, 8-5. Overall, and a disappointing one for Syracuse, one that ended up a little bit closer than the actual game was. I think anybody who paid attention would agree with that. And the main takeaway that I had from this one, especially with about 10 minutes ago in the second half when Syracuse trailed by 20 points, which was the largest pit lead of the day with, I think, 10 and a half minutes to go, is that this Syracuse squad is not a tournament team, folks. It simply isn't. At this point, with its wins, if you dissect it by quadrant, this is just not a team that's going to be playing deep into March, at least not right now, unless a lot of things change. So if you haven't tempered your expectations by now, I think it's time to do it. SU entered this game 81st in Ken Palm, pretty mediocre, all things considered. Could be a lot worse, but SU's wins this season have come over teams like Monmouth, ranked 345th by the same metric that is now used by a lot of outlets and a lot of people out of 363 division one teams, by the way. So Monmouth is way down there. Cornell 159, Notre Dame 102, Georgetown 165, Richmond at 99 is SU's best win so far this season. Pitt entered at 72 with an eight and four record overall, a better team than the Panthers have had as of late under Jeff Capel. This isn't your standard hopeless Pittsburgh team with nothing, but it outplayed Syracuse. Shouldn't be all that surprised because the Orange are not that good a team. We have a fellow Fizz staffer in here, Ian Unsworth. Curious to know your thoughts, Ian, as we get this thing started here. The floor is yours. Hey, Carter, how's it going? You got me? I do. Go right ahead. All right. I know you've got a you've got a lot of things you want to hit on here. Um, so, I, I mean, look, just coming off the end of that game, and I, I know like there were times in the second half, at least in the beginning of the second half, end of the first half, when I lulled off and started watching Miami Virginia because it was close, and I don't think any of us expected the game to get close. Are you? big old you overcome this big old deficit you come all the way back and then those last two plays just left me mind boggled those last two plays were probably some of the worst out of timeout basketball I don't even know what to call it at this point but that was some of the worst coaching out of timeout I've seen what what is your play when you are you are down, what was it, one point? It was 83-82. Your play is you give it to Judah to dribble to the right side of the floor with a guy in the corner, 
and pass it to Jesse Edwards, who's on the right block. That's an automatic setup for a double team, even if the pass gets through to Edwards. And instead, Mint seeing the double team just picks up his dribble, and there's nothing else going on. Everyone else is just standing there watching him. And then, with the, the, the mulligan after the guy misses the free throw, there's nothing besides Mintz dribbling straight down the floor into three defenders. At a certain point, like, what? Come on, man. Like, that just frustrated the heck out of me. Because Beheim, to his credit, made some changes tonight that put Syracuse in a good position. Yeah, he stopped messing around with Benny Williams and Chris Bell and just let the players play that needed to be on the floor. And you get all the way back. You're so close to the finish line. And then you just fall flat on your face with two, I would say, non-plays from a coach that's been here for almost 50 years. Like, come on, man. Like, that to me just – it tore the – it tore my soul out of me. Yeah, for sure. It's something we were going to get to here pretty soon, those two plays out of the timeout. There was the one – the first one, which I actually hadn't thought about too much, but now that you mention it, it was – the first Judah play where he just bounced it in to Edwards and Pitt had, you know, read it like a book. It seemed like it, it just knew what it was coming. And then the play to end the game was putting the ball in Judah's hands again. Probably wasn't supposed to take a three-pointer. Maybe he had a little bit more time than he took. But, you know, the buzzer's about to sound. He's got to do something and just rifle the three. You know, let's make one thing absolutely clear. Syracuse would be a better team at least record-wise, maybe not from the eye test, if it could do anything coming out of timeouts against Richmond and regulation, against St. John's, Bryant, and now today. You know, Bayheim's plays out of timeouts have been awful. Mintz coming into the day had hit three of 21 three-pointers, was two for five on the day before that play, so he's a little bit better than usual, but he is not supposed to take that shot. And if you don't want that to happen, you make sure that he's not in the game or at least not in position to take that shot. 47-plus years of experience for Jim Beheim, and he can't come up with a play out of a timeout. And, you know, either blames his defense in the past or blames or blames the defense of the opposing team in the past or his players for not doing it right? Come on, dude. You figure it out. They make it clear that you know what you're doing out of timeouts. You've been here long enough. You should know that. We're here on the Fizz Instant Reactions Twitter space. Pit 84, Syracuse 82 just wrapped up from the JMA Wireless Dome. We're talking about how Syracuse laid down for a lot of this game. But one of the things you mentioned, Ian, was that Jim Beheim did uh, put in some players who performed given the opportunity. We made note of that on the Orange Fizz Twitter that uh, there were a couple names in particular who were making the most of their minutes. And to me, watching Malik Brown and Quadir Copeland, you know, Malik Brown, I'll put my chips on the table. This guy needs to start. I'll say it right now. Quadir Copeland, maybe not a starter yet, but he needs more minutes if guys can't perform. He, he should be an earlier option off the bench if that's what you're going to get from him. Because just watching him, he was scrapping. He was making plays. He was hustling. He looked like a certified hooper tonight, to use that phrase. And then Malik Brown just seemed like he was everywhere. He was closing out on defense. He was in the right spots. He was a rebound machine, had nine boards to tie for the team lead in 27 minutes, along with Jesse Edwards, who had nine in 33 minutes and then fouled out of the game, did his usual blocking business, had six. 
But there was one point in the game where it was Judah Mintz, Joe Girard, Jesse Edwards, uh, Justin Taylor, and then Malik Brown. And I remember thinking to myself, even though the Orange were down big, I thought that was SU's best five for a period of time. I know Justin Taylor didn't play a lot. He hit a couple shots and, and didn't play a ton. Played 15 minutes to Quadir Copeland's 12. But the guys who hit the bench deserve to be there. Chris Bell doesn't do nearly enough offensively to be this bad a rebounder. He had one rebound again, which is now the big joke number for him. He always seems to finish with one no matter how many minutes he plays. I know he had five in the game against Cornell, which was the one-off. But each and every game, it seems like Beheim criticizes him more harshly. And each time he's announced in a starting lineup, I get more and more surprised. Because tonight he had four points on two of seven shooting. Missed all five three-pointers he took, by the way, in 13 minutes. Had one rebound, one assist, one steal. Pretty ugly line for a guy who has a reputation as a shooter. And if he's not doing a lot of other things, he needs to hit those shots. You've got to hit at least three of those three-pointers to be worthwhile in the lineup. And he hit the bench early, and he stayed there to Bayheim's credit because you just can't do that, especially when you're behind. He would have to be the best shooter on this team to get away with those limitations, and he's far from that. And then if, if Benny Williams can't do any better than he's done, it's time for him to stop starting. You know, Bell is kind of a one-trick pony with a very inconsistent trick, and Williams, on the other hand, just struggles to do anything. And when he does it, he looks joyless, as he does very little. You know, Malik Brown, meanwhile, before he gets started, and he's a rebounding machine. Six, you know, six in his first 13 minutes, finished with a team tying nine, team high tying. You know, Joe Judah and Jesse, the three Js, those are your shooters. You can have a rebound guy who doesn't light up the score sheet. But he did a lot defensively today that I liked. And then, you know, Benny Williams just has to get right or not play. It's that simple. What I really like about Quadir is this, this, the scrapping is definitely there. But also, how about his, his dribbling ability? Syracuse doesn't have, a, honestly, a second ball handler, if we're being completely honest. Because Joe, how... How comfortable does Joe look handling the ball? Like, Carter, if you had to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, if you if you have Joe take more than five or six dribbles against a power five defender, I mean, especially now that he's playing the two, I'm not that confident in him getting to the cup. Me neither. I, I think that he's average to be kind. So the whole, the whole deal is you need someone else – who can take the ball and attack the basket. And Quadir, with his frame and with his his sort of, I, I think, his style coming from being a point guard at IMG and now playing at Syracuse, his ability to handle the ball and his style gives him an advantage over a Williams or a Bell because, I mean, look, Benny Williams' only offense is – sitting at the elbow and waiting, trying to get the ball, and then shooting a jumper. Chris Bell stands on the wing and waits for the ball to get to him so he can shoot a three. Quidier Copeland doesn't have to be passive. He can take the ball and go do something. And tonight, when for a little while there, there was only one guy going for Syracuse. You need someone that will just take the ball and say, all right, 
I'm going for it. And that was Quitter Copeland a couple times. And you got to respect it. I, I enjoyed watching him play tonight. He, he looked like a creator. He looked like a facilitator at times. You know, the one play he had where he dove on the baseline to keep it in bounds. And I think got it to Malik Brown on a play where he went, you know, parallel with the ground and was just hustling. I mean, this, the stats are already in for the pit game. He set SU career highs tonight, did Copeland, in points with 10, minutes with 13, made field goals with four, uh, three-point attempts, he only had two, but he made one of them. Both of those were career highs, not a lot of, not a lot of sample size there. He set a career high in rebounds with five, and he blocked two shots. I mean, he was everywhere. I know for a point guard, you look at assists, he didn't have any of those tonight, but he was stuck at small forward tonight. If you looked up and down the lineup, they put Malik Brown at the four, and they had Copeland in at the three because Jesse was manning the five, and then you got your two guards up top. Quadir is a guard by trade, but he, like you said, he, and he offers more with his skill set than do either of those two guys who are just catch-and-shoot guys. You know, Bell, Bell and Williams have got to, to do more. I'm just not sure they have it in them right now, and until that happens, they should be challenged. That's the bottom line. You know, it's not like Benny Williams is a senior who owns the position. He's a second-year player who, to this point, looks like maybe he might have been a little bit overrated by recruiting services, or maybe his skill set was overstated because he's a very one-dimensional player. And I, I question his headspace at times. I, I just, you know, I, I had a hard time watching him tonight, and I thought that the guys who came in and played for him showed a lot. The the thing uh, you also mentioned with Copeland a couple times, Carter is is like is the passion or you know he's hooping the the mo- all that the emotion that's the kind of thing that goes into rebounding and goes into winning the loose ball like all that sort of stuff. The fire that Copeland plays with, neither Bell or Williams really exhibit that. Benny has gotten heated this year, but it's never been for the right reasons. It's always a reactionary thing, or it's always, uh, oh, I didn't get this call, or, oh, this guy bumped into me. Copeland gets excited out there. Isn't that good to see? Like someone who will bring a spark off the bench, and not just like a spark hit a three or get a defensive stop, but a spark that's tangible, that the crowd can feed off of. Yeah, I think Copeland, Copeland, Copeland may lead the team in body language. I think Benny's down there at the bottom. On the statue. Yeah, Syrac- Syracuse basketball in a down year needs that more than anything to keep the fans engaged. Yeah, you know, passion's a big thing. I think you saw some of it from uh, from the guys tonight, especially, you know, Quadir in the time that he had. Like we said, the uh, orange career high in minutes, and I think he showed a lot, as did Brown. So as we move on from the, the player topics, you know, we've expressed our opinions there. There are some guys who have things to work on. There are some guys who may see a little more playing time. You know, Bayheim's usually pretty coy with what he says about that, and he is usually resistant to change, has yet to change up his starting lineup since all the way back in the Lehigh game. It's been the same every time. But we'll see if that's the case going forward. But bottom line, even with some of the good things you saw today from the players, unless some good things happen with SU, you know, unless Joe Girard stops starting slowly with the rest of the team you know first half he he missed all three shots he took and had three turnovers 
He made that big three-pointer late, and he finished with 16 points. But, you know, the, the stats, I think, lie to you a little bit there. He did not have a great game, led the team in assists, but he needs to do more. He, he's defensively limited. He's not a shot creator. And when he's missing shots, you know, he, he shouldn't play. At, at the end of the day, I think Beheim's slowly realizing that. But this, this is a guy who has a role, and when he can't perform it, it's really a detriment to the team. Uh, and I think Gerard is the, the – he's kind of – he's the conductor for Syracuse in a sense. If he's going, then the rest of the team will go with him at the beginning of a game. Some guys have to grow into things. They, they can't jump off. Like, I would say Justin Taylor is an, an example of this. He's not one that's going to come in off the bench right away and give you, you know, six, eight points in the span of a media timeout break. Like, he needs to get comfortable. The other guys, like, I would, I would also say, I mean, you look at a, at a player like Munir Hima who comes off the bench, Samir Torrance, they need to get comfortable. They don't just come in right away and give you points. Joe Girard's the only player that can do that, but his his slow starts have held this team back. And even in those five, even in those five wins, every single first half, Syracuse was it, the game was within three points at halftime, or Syracuse was losing. So there is no, I mean, if if you're if you're out there betting, you can you can take. Uh, just fade Syracuse first half and make yourself some easy money because they were favored tonight and they were down eight at halftime. And most of, I mean, if you look at the first half stats, Judah Mintz is three for seven. JG three is 0 for three. The only shots he took were threes and free throws. There's not a whole lot of offensive involvement from Joe when he's not making his threes. And then everything is put on Judah Mintz's shoulders. Yeah, and, and there are things that Judah Mintz can't do, unfortunately. He's a good player. He's a starting caliber player. Led the team in points today with 24, but you know he's not an outside shooter, and he can't do everything. You can't let him just weave into traffic every single time because he can't do it 100% of the time. You could get him into foul trouble if he's not careful, and, and et cetera. But Gerard today, three for eight, three-pointer, 16 points. Doesn't tell you the whole story. And Syracuse, again, had another bad first half at a game that the Orange lost by two. If SU hadn't trailed by eight at the half, this is a game that it could have won. But, you know, SU got away with bad first halves against Oakland, against Monmouth, and against Cornell. Only recently, too. Now, those are not the only ones on the year, but those are the ones that I think of off the top of my head. Now, again, against Pitt. You know, that helps you get down 20 points in the second half with 10 and a half minutes left. And, um, you know, you're right because this is a bad trend. So if you're betting, you know, bet the trend. Syracuse is not a first half team for whatever reason. And it could have to do with Gerard's comfort, just could have to do with other guys' comfort. You know, Jesse Edwards had a diminished offensive role in this game, only had eight points. It felt at times that they struggled to get the ball to him. And that's without, sorry to interrupt, Carter, but that's without John Hughley. It wasn't really mentioned a whole lot on the broadcast as they went through the game, at least the TV broadcast, but Pitt was without John Hughley, who was their best big. Yeah, and and a couple guys in foul trouble for Pitt, too. They didn't even get to play their their, uh, 
strongest lineup for most of the game. You know, Federico fouled out. Cummings and Hinson both finished with four on the day, but it forced Capel's hand a few times. You know, th- this is a game that Syracuse probably could have won if it played a solid game of basketball. But unfortunately for the Orange, it's time that we stop talking about Syracuse as a team that maybe should be better and maybe is better, but just keeps doing things wrong. SU does things wrong because it is not that good of a basketball team, at least not right now. If you can't shoot from outside, you can't get anything from your forwards, can't keep your center out of foul trouble, which didn't happen today, although Jesse's been better with the fouls. Can't play sound defensive positioning. I mean, these guys weren't they weren't sliding. They weren't boxing out. I mean, the positioning with the forwards is still a problem. You have guys just loitering up at the top of the zone and the at the uh, the wings. You just pitch and catch to the corner, and then they're just lunging over with a hand, trying to defend three pointers that just get made. I mean, Pitt today hit 13 three pointers. Nelly Cummings again had a great game in the dome, 22 points on six of 11 from three point range. Only took 12 shots on the day, one from inside the arc. You know, this is a Pitt team not renowned for its outside game, but they look frighteningly similar to Colgate today, who Cummings played for last year. But anyway, Syracuse did a lot of things wrong today. And if you look at it as, oh, well, this is a, a good team that did a lot of things wrong, what are you doing? Those are things that, that bad basketball teams do. If you don't shoot well or play defense well, and you lose the rebound battle again, and you can't play defensive positioning. Aren't those things that bad basketball teams do? Because I think they are. You know, SU used to be a team in its day that struggled for points even though it played stout defense. Well, now it's a team that struggles for points with disorganized, bland defense that can't figure out where to stand in the zone. That's a bad recipe. And, you know, the timeout thing we've touched on and the starting player thing we've touched on from bell to williams but at the end of the day you know su still got fairly solid games from its guards even though they heated up late but you know this is a team that needs a lot more to go right for it to beat you and this is a better pit team than last year and that has been down in pittsburgh in years past but su didn't deserve to win today it did enough wrong and did it wrong for long enough that the orange Deserve to lose today and and drop on the season to eight and five and one and one in conference as we now approach the Christmas break. So this has been Carter Bainbridge alongside Ian Unsworth in the Orange Fizz Instant Reactions Twitter space. We're just wrapping up here. SU is back in action on New Year's Eve, December 31st. It's a Saturday, 3 p.m. tip Eastern against Boston College inside the JMA Wireless Dome with conference play now officially underway. Be prepared right. to shield your eyes during Indeed. this basketball not, not game. A, not a strong matchup there between the, uh, the Fighting Eagles and the Orange inside the Dome. But if you're, uh, if you're an SU fan, peek through your eyes and watch that one on New Year's Eve. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy the festivities. We'll be back then. With more Orange Fizz coverage, not only tweeting, but with articles and our post-game Twitter spaces. So stay tuned. We'll see you then. Thanks for dropping by today. We'll see you next time. And that's your Fizz 5. Listen next week. Subscribe, rate, and review. This has been an Orange Fizz production.